Um, glad to be here tonight. It's been an absolute joy to work our way through this Celebrate Recovery curriculum. And so far, we've, we've managed to cover a lot of really important stuff about what it means to overcome our hurts, our hangups, and our habits, and to do so in a way that's biblical, not, not in a way that is tailored to the way that the rest of the world thinks, but something that's tailored to how God instructs us to think about our hurts, hangups, and habits. And I want to read you from our workbook here. There's a nice little introduction paragraph that summarizes where we've been. And, and for those of you guys who may not have been with us over the course of our study so far, or maybe you have been and you're like me and you've fallen asleep a few times since then, this will help kind of refresh our minds about where we've been and hopefully set the stage for where we're going to go over the course of our lesson tonight. So I'm just going to read really quickly just a little recap from our workbook, and then we'll dive into the handout that you should have received when you walked in. Does everyone get a handout tonight? Everyone good? All right, perfect. So in the introduction to Lesson 7, and this is Celebrate Recovery Lesson 7 titled Sponsor, the introduction says last month, and for us it, w- it literally would have been last month or within the last four to five weeks, we talked about the importance of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, which we found that when we turn and make the decision to Christ, then we surrender our will to God's will to care for us. And then the paragraph continues by saying, Now you will see that the road to recovery is not meant to be traveled alone. You will find that you actually need three relationships. Most important is a relationship with Jesus Christ. In addition, you need the relationship of your recovery group or a church family. Last, you need the relationship of a sponsor and or accountability partner. Identifying a sponsor and or an accountability partner is especially important before you begin principles four through six in which you work on getting right with God, yourself, and others. So this is principle four. So as we work through the next three sections of Celebrate Recovery, this topic of sponsorship or this topic of accountability partner is really going to be at the forefront of each of those lessons. So hopefully this will set the stage for where we're going to be headed in the weeks to come. But it's very interesting. I I thought that it would be helpful before we begin to read uh, the the principle four summary statement and the step four summary statement right at the top of the handouts. It's a very interesting nugget from the New Testament. Uh, How many of you guys are familiar with the Apostle Paul? I know many of us are in church, but even if you're not in church, you've probably heard about the Apostle Paul at some point in your life. He uh, was a Pharisee. He struggled mightily uh, with, with hatred for Christians. He put many Christians in prison and, and put them to death as well before he came to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And after becoming a Christian, one of the many great things that Paul did is he would wind up writing at least half of the New Testament, maybe more depending on how you view his association with uh, the book of Acts, Gospel of Luke, and the book of Hebrews. Paul was directly involved with at least half of the writing of the New Testament. So if you read your New Testament today, most of what you read, literally more than half of what you read, comes from the Apostle Paul. God radically transformed his life from a God-hater and a persecutor of the church into a man who loved God and wanted to see lost souls come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And when Paul wrote his New Testament letters, it's very interesting. 53 times in all of the letters that he wrote that are explicitly attributed to Paul, 53 times Paul uses the phrase, our Lord, when speaking of Jesus. Only one time 
and all of the things that are directly attributed to Paul in the New Testament. Only one time did Paul write the phrase, my Lord, 53 times our Lord, one time my Lord. And I saw that it's been a year or two now since I initially stumbled across that statistic. But as it pertains to our time together tonight, it really dawned on me. This idea of sponsorship and really this idea of celebrate recovery, it's not an individualistic journey. I mean, yes, we as individuals do have to overcome our sin struggles, our hurts, our habits, our hangups, all the things in this life that so easily entangle us. We do have to face those realities at the individual level, but ultimately, we are not alone. And if you read the New Testament, there's this assumption ingrained in the New Testament that the Christian life is meant to be a communal life, a communal experience. So if you're here tonight and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, And even if you're here tonight and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, my appeal to you would be to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But for those of us who are Christians, my encouragement, especially to you tonight, is this. You are not alone when you go through the hardships of this life. And if you just read your Bible, if we think biblically about the topic we're discussing tonight and biblically in general about what the Christian life is about, there is an assumption that you are going to have brothers and sisters to come alongside of you to build you up in the grace and knowledge of Christ and to come alongside you in your hurts, your hangups, your habits, and in time, by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit, see victory over those matters. So I wanted to start off our time together tonight with just that encouragement from the New Testament. And as we turn now to the handout that you received, notice at the top, principle four, and step four. Those are the first two headings right at the top of your handout. And the, the way that I think about the structure to these lessons, the principle is the goal for our time together. So when you come here on Sunday nights to celebrate recovery, the principle, this is the main goal that we're trying to attain. This, this is our objective, okay? And then the step that comes right underneath that, at the top of your handout, that is the means, or that, that's the plan of action that we need to take in order to accomplish that goal. So as we work our way through this handout and as we consider uh, the, the different conversations that we're going to have in our small group time of discussion, keep in mind goal and then the process to attain that goal. So here's the goal, principle four. And you guys, please feel free to read uh, with me any any part of this handout that that has bold uh, next to it, other other bold words or um, bullet points. I want us to read this together really so it's etched into your mind. I want us to be involved in this study as a group. So principle four, read this with me. Openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. So that's the goal. Our goal is that by the end of tonight, We will be at a place emotionally, mentally, and spiritually that we can openly, genuinely, authentically examine ourselves. And upon doing so, if we feel led to do so, know that this is a safe place to confess our faults, our sin struggles, our hurts, hangups, and habits. We we confess those to ourselves. We confess those to the Lord. And as you feel led to do so, Open up to someone you trust that can walk alongside you in whatever situation you find yourself in. Notice the scripture verse under it. I'll read this. Matthew 5, 8a, the very first part of Matthew 5, 8 says, Happy are the pure in heart. And that's a promise from Christ. As as he gives his sermon on the mount, he's declaring a promise. For those who are pure in heart, they will be blessed. They will be happy. Their soul will be satisfied. 
It's a satisfaction that this world cannot provide you with, that only God can provide you with. And that's the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount, to to point our eyes away from ourselves and to direct them to God. Now, notice step four. So we've looked at the goal, principle four. Here's the process. Here's the means or the plan of action to accomplish that goal. Feel free to read with me. We made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Okay, so in order for us to confess uh, our faults to God, to ourselves, and to uh, someone that we trust, we've got to first take that initial step and, and, and make an inquiry into the depths of our own soul. We need to take inventory at our lifestyle in order for us to be honest with who we are and what we're going through right now, and of course, to be honest with the living God. Now, Lamentations 340, right beneath that step, it says this, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. So um, there's examination and the, the point of examination, and Alan has made this point wonderfully. The first step is you got to recognize what your hardships are. What are your hurts, hangups, and habits? What is it in your life that you feel enslaved to or that you at least feel a, a struggle with? So that's the examination part, but it doesn't stop there. That's just the beginning, right? It's important. We do have to come to that place of honesty. But the goal of these times together and ultimately the the intended goal of the scriptures is to get us from that place of examination to where we turn to God. Right. And the Bible calls that repentance. It's to be going in one direction and then to do a 180 and go in another direction, which is ultimately towards God. So that's that is our our goal and our step that we are going to take or our plan of action that we're going to employ to reach that goal for tonight. Notice the first blank there in our handouts. Blank number one, it's the word need, N-E-E-D. Why do I need a sponsor and or an accountability partner? Why do I need a sponsor and or an accountability partner? Partner. Let's read that scripture together since there's a blank. I don't expect you to know what the blank is. You don't have to read those out loud with me. Let's read the scripture together, though. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Proverbs 27, 17. Okay, so, and this isn't just a New Testament thing, right? I mentioned Paul, our Lord, 53 times, my Lord just once. So, You know, sometimes as Christians, if you've been in church for any extended period of time or you have Christian friends or family members that you've interacted with, you may hear things like, well, that's just that's that's just the Old Testament. You know, the New Testament says something different or vice versa. Well, that's the New Testament. But the Old Testament says so and so here we have the same message being reiterated, do we not? As iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. We've got to be together. We've got to have community. We've got to have support in the New Testament as well. We've got to have that support as we deal with our hurts, hangups, and habits. Now, the second blank there, having a sponsor or accountability partner is biblical. And that is the blank for that. Having a sponsor or accountability partner is biblical. Now, um, I should have said this. If you notice the way that the handout is structured, under that, that previous heading, why do I need a sponsor and or an accountability partner? It's interesting. There's, there's three reasons given as to why that's the case. Our, our curriculum actually gives us three reasons. So that's the first reason. Reason number one, why we need a sponsor and or an accountability partner, well, it's because it's biblical. And that's really what uh, 
it, it separates Celebrate Recovery from just about any other, um, I don't want to say self-help program, but in a lot of ways, that's what the world provides. Many, many ways for man to pull himself up by his bootstraps and get to where he wants to go. Celebrate Recovery, the, the, the foundation of it, the modus operandi of Celebrate Recovery is you and I, we can't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We need God. We need assistance. We need help from outside of ourselves because as Gordon taught several weeks back, if we could fix our problems, we wouldn't have any problems. We'd just fix them ourselves, right? So that's what's so important about Celebrate Recovery. It's recognizing at the outset, we want to try to have a, a biblical framework, a biblical mindset as to how we can deal with those hurts, hangups, and habits. And notice the passage. One of, one of the, I would say, uh, in terms of marriage or relationships, and, and uh, you women, especially if you've got any uh, coffee mugs or you're into this sort of stuff, I know my wife did at one point. This Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 11 passage, it's, it's typically designated towards marital or, or uh, romantic relationships, but it, it really applies as well to our spiritual life. Notice what it says. Feel free to follow along with me by reading out loud. Two are better off than one because together they can work more effectively. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone, there is no one to help him. Two men can resist an attack that would defeat one man alone. So you can kind of see the, the, the relationship dynamic there, right? Two is better than one. Back in Genesis, man is, uh, it's not good for man to be alone. So God, so God creates a helper. He creates a, a bride for Adam who he created first. And you see that relationship tie there, but it's really applicable to our spiritual life as well. Where there's two, or the idea is where there's many, where there's a community gathered, we can work more effectively. It's very practical. We can do a lot more things with more people than we can individually. But spiritually speaking, when you and I go through the valleys and the hardships of this life, it is so vital and so important and so encouraging to have other people that can come alongside us, meet us where we're at, and whether it be through prayer through support, through spending time with one another, we can, as we read a few passages ago, sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. We can work more effectively towards drawing near to the Lord and ultimately towards defeating those areas that we struggle with, those hurts, habits, and hangups. So I um, hope that's an encouraging passage for you. It certainly was for me with regard to this lesson. But reason number two, why do we need a sponsor and or an accountability partner? The first reason was, because it's biblical, that's the foundation of Celebrate Recovery. The second reason, having a sponsor is a key part of your recovery program. So the blank for second reason, key part, K-E-Y-P-A-R-T, key part. And we'll read through those bullet points in a second, but really building off of some of the key themes that I've already discussed up to this point, um, and feel free to write this down if, if you don't have your Bible and you can't follow along. You can read it at a later time. But Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2, another wonderful passage. It's not included in the curriculum. I think it would have made a great addition. But this idea that we see communicated, again, by Paul, same guy I referred to right at the beginning of our lesson. Paul, he talks about the value that comes spiritually with the body of Christ coming alongside one another really in the good times and bad. Really, there's just a consistency here that Paul's getting at. Let me read that text for us. Galatians 6, beginning in verse 1. Brethren, 
Even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you could substitute that for sin, hardship, hang-up, habit. If anyone is caught in these things, Paul writes, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you will not be tempted and bear one another's burdens, thereby fulfilling the law of Christ. This idea of trespasses in this text, again, substitute hurt, hang-up habit, the difficulties of life, they're likened to a, a heavy load, okay? Something that's just weighing down on you. And Paul instructs the church, he says, church, those of you who may not have that particular struggle, maybe you've had it in the past and God's given you victory by his grace, you come alongside that struggling brother or sister in a spirit of gentleness. You encourage them. You walk alongside them. You take that heavy load. You put it on your shoulders as well. And you find, thinking back to that Ecclesiastes passage, if a burden is heavy for one person, it gets a little bit lighter with two and three and four and so on. Before you know it, you've got a whole church family who can walk alongside you through those difficulties of life. So um, that's something to think about as well as we work through this idea of sponsorship. But let's look at those four bullet points really quickly. Let's read them together. Bullet point one, maintain an honest view of reality as you work each principle. The best way to ensure this is to have a sponsor and develop a strong support team. All right, second, maintain your spiritual program with Jesus through prayer, meditation, and studying his word. Third, Make recovery group meetings a priority in your schedule, knowing that a sponsor or accountability partner will be there to greet you or notice that you're not there is an added incentive to attend. Now, that was a Paul sentence. It was, it was really long. Last bullet point. Get involved in service, which includes serving as a sponsor or accountability partner. Now, really quickly to summarize that, um, I think the curriculum is simply trying to say this. Hey, just be here. Be at meetings. If you don't have a church family, I know Gordon and Alan both, as they've taught through Celebrate Recovery on Sunday nights, they've stressed this as well. If you don't have a church family, Lifeway Baptist Church would love to have you. We'd love to, to, to worship with you, to point you to Christ, to minister God's word to you. And, and as it pertains to our time together on Sunday nights, we want to walk alongside you in your hurts, hangups, and habits in any way that we can. So uh, having a sponsor or accountability partner is biblical. It is a key part of recovery program. And last reason provided in our handout, having a sponsor is the best guard against relapse. Relapse, R-E-L-A-P-S-E, relapse. Um, you know, I mentioned this during my lesson that I gave. I guess it's been probably four weeks ago now. It's been about a month uh, since my turn was here to teach. Um, I, I had significant struggles growing up, particularly in my teenage years with pornography. And I know all about it. when I got saved, there was about a one to two year period where I would kind of go through an ebb and a flow. I'd have a, a season where I was able to, to, to abstain from pornography, and then I'd, I'd relapse back into it. And at that stage of life, I was a young believer. I really wasn't plugged into a church. No one had discipled me extensively to that point in my spiritual life. So I would constantly struggle with short season of victory, relapse. Short season of victory, relapse. And whatever your hurt, hang-up, habit, sin issue is that you're going through tonight, whatever it is, we all have different struggles right now at this very moment. Whatever that is, when you have somebody in your life that can minister God's word to you, 
that you can be honest and open with, that they can pray for you, that makes all the difference in the world. When I started having believers in my life that I looked up to, that discipled me, that I was corresponding with on a frequent basis, by the grace of God, I was able to experience victory from the time 2015, late in the year of 2015, to now, by God's grace, victorious over the, the sin of pornography. That was my ultimate, I guess you could call it, hang-up. Um, it wasn't really a hurt, and it was a habit, so habit and hang-up. It wasn't a hurt because it was you know, temporarily satisfactory, uh, satisfying for me. It was the sin of choice that I uh, really struggled with. But whatever that is for you, I promise you, God's Word teaches this, and this Celebrate Recovery curriculum has literally, by the grace of God, transformed millions of lives over the years. This is a key aspect of the program. Find somebody in your life that can walk alongside you, bear those burdens with you, whatever they may be. Watch how the Lord might use that in your life. Okay, so um, we've looked at why do we need a sponsor and or an accountability partner. The next part of our outline is what are the qualities of a sponsor? That's the blank, qualities. And after you write that in your handout, fill in that blank, let's read Proverbs 20, verse 5 together. Though good advice lies deep within a counselor's heart, the wise man will draw it out. Now there's eight qualities listed in this part of the curriculum. I want to read those just Staccato, rapid fire. I'm not really going to unpack them. They're, they are pretty self-explanatory, uh, but for the sake of time, uh, I'm just going to read through them and, and we'll move on to the next part of our outline. So uh, what eight qualities does Celebrate Recovery really esteem or really place value in for a potential sponsor or accountability partner? Here they are. Follow along on your handout if you would like to do so. Does their walk match their talk? Are they living by the eight principles, that the eight principles we're unpacking in Celebrate Recovery. Do they have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ? Do they express the desire to help others on the road to recovery? Are they a good listener? Are they strong enough to confront denial or procrastination? Do they offer suggestions? Can they share their own current struggles with others? So what I see here, briefly, I see someone who's genuine. I see somebody who's available. I see somebody uh, who's honest, who's humble. Uh, they're not hypocritical. Those are the kind of qualities and people that you want as your accountability partner, your sponsor, um, to use your, your, your church lingo, since we're in a church here tonight, of course, meeting every week at Lifeway Baptist Church, the person who's going to disciple you. You want somebody who truly lives out the principles recovering and celebrate recovery, and of course, those principles ultimately being rooted and grounded in the, in the Word of God. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind as you think through, who could I have in my life to bear my burdens, to walk alongside me, and to help me through my hurts, hangups, and habits? Next blank here on the handout, what is the role of a sponsor? What is the role of a sponsor, R-O-L-E, role? Um, another big paragraph there that, um, frankly, it, I don't know how these handouts are put together. I know a lot of it is verbatim from these workbooks that they gave us for teachers, guys. But uh, they kind of copied and pasted things from different parts of the chapter. And, and honestly, it doesn't really flow that well. So what I thought would be more appropriate 
for your benefit, just to keep it as simple as I can. I just want to read the six roles given from our teacher's guide. Uh, if you want to write them down after the fact, uh, after our meeting tonight, I'd be more than happy to allow you to copy them out of my workbook. But this will just make it flow a little bit better. It'll also make it a little bit more straightforward because, again, that, that paragraph there in our handout is a little bit discombobulated. Um, so what is the role of a sponsor? Celebrate Recovery gives us six. Rule number one, the sponsor needs to be there to discuss issues in detail that are too personal or would take too much time in a meeting. So in other words, when we do our small group discussion and when we have some conversations as we've done each week about the principles we're talking about in Celebrate Recovery, you may not feel comfortable to share everything with a group of five to ten people or however many we're having at a, at a given small group discussion. But that one person in your life that's your sponsor, accountability partner, that's the person that you're going to feel comfortable with. That's the person who you're going to text when you feel temptation or, or you're struggling with a hurt, hang-up, or habit. Those are the people that you want in your life that you can be genuine and transparent with, and they with you as well. You'll find, you know, it's really cool about sponsorship, accountability partner, discipleship. What's really cool about it is, you know, initially you may feel like you're only the one receiving benefits from the relationship, but in time what you're going to find is you're actually benefiting the accountability partner, the sponsor. So again, there's, there's that iron sharpening iron dynamic in the relationship. Um, so that's the first rule. Number two, and this gets back to availability. Uh, the sponsor's available in times of crisis or potential relapse. Just to be candid, you don't want an accountability partner who will never return a text, never answers a phone call, and, and really doesn't spend a whole lot of time with you. Um, you know, Alan and I, we're, we're involved in pastoral ministry, and, and we are always here to serve you guys in any way that we can. But there may be someone in your life who's a believer, solid believer, you have a closer relationship with them. They might not be a pastor, they may not be in ministry, but there's somebody that you can draw near to and be sharpened by, be encouraged by. That might be the more appropriate person to meet with. So there, there's a little bit of discernment here. You've got to figure out who in your life is available, who is a godly person in your life who's available to serve in that kind of capacity. Number three, rule number three. They serve as a sounding board by providing an objective point of view. In other words, they're a good listener. They're not just available. They're going to listen to what you have to say. Number four, the sponsor is there to encourage you to work the principles at your own speed. Now, here's accountability, right? They listen. They're available. But then, then there's that encouragement. There, there's that gracious appeal to the person. Hey, I know you're struggling with this hurt, this hang-up, this habit, this sin issue. I know you're struggling. Let's think through some practical ways to attain victory. And let's work towards that together. Um, I think that's the, the, the key here, number four. Number five, the sponsor attempts to model the lifestyle that results from working the eight principles. They practice what they preach. They have a lifestyle that's above reproach. Um, that they, they are walking the walk and talking the talk from this Celebrate Recovery curriculum. And then lastly, the, the role here, and, and this might, may apply at some point in your life, the sponsor can resign or be fired. And I know the term fired sounds kind of uh, a brash and, and even rude maybe. Um, I think a better way of saying it would be this. Um, seasons of life change. 
their schedule, their availability might change or vice versa. Or there may be somebody that you meet in five years from now that's better suited to help you at that point in your life than you were when you initially started with the sponsor that you began with. And, and then in, in God's providence, you just move on to a new accountability partner. And you obviously can still stay in touch with the one you had before. But I guess point six is really getting to the, the matter of sometimes seasons and circumstances in life can change. So when you are thinking through and praying through who's going to be your accountability partner and your sponsor, just keep that in mind. Uh, where am I at right now? Where's my sponsor at? Where are we headed and, and is the relationship continuing to be of service to both parties for the glory of God? <clears throat> Excuse me. Last blank, and then we will close in prayer and move into our time of small group discussions for the rest of our gathering. What is an accountability partner? Um, and I don't know if we're splitting hairs here. I, I think of the two as really being the same sponsor, accountability partner, disciple, or whatever you want to Call it, but according to Celebrate Recovery, uh, there is a distinction as it pertains to this curriculum. Really, the 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 nuts and bolts of it is I'll I'll read this paragraph to you. But the main principle of difference between a sponsor and a Celebrate or a Celebrate Recovery sponsor and just an accountability partner is that the accountability partner can be any person in your life who's going to hold you accountable graciously and encourage you to battle and overcoming your hurts, hangups, and habits. That's an accountability partner. The sponsor is someone who's actually been through the program, somebody who's familiar with the program, uh, somebody that may give an additional layer of insight and perspective that somebody who hasn't been through this program can provide. So that's, that's really the distinction. Again, maybe splitting a little bit of hairs, but just for the sake of being faithful to our Celebrate Recovery curriculum, those who are going to have the title sponsor have actually done this program before. Let me read the paragraph to you, and then I'll read a follow-up scripture reference, and then we'll close in prayer before our small group time. The handout, and feel free to follow along. An accountability partner is someone you ask to hold you accountable for certain areas of your recovery or issues, such as meeting attendance, journaling, and so forth. This person can be at the same level of recovery as you are, unlike a sponsor, who should have completed the eight principles. The main goal of this relationship is to encourage one another. You can even form an accountability group of three or four. The accountability partner or group acts as the team, whereas the sponsor's role is that of a coach. So I think that's a good word picture, good illustration there. You have a team, there's your, there's your accountability partners, and your sponsor, more of a mentor, coach, discipler. You get the idea. I want to read one last passage of Scripture before I pray for our small group time, and we'll go to our breakout session. And if you have your Bible, feel free to follow along, or if you're taking notes, feel free to write this down if you don't have a copy of God's Word readily accessible. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It's one of my favorite passages on the issue of the church and, and on the issue of bearing one another's burdens, accountability, all these things that we've considered during our time together this morning. I'm going to read the passage for us. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning verse 24. The writer says, Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So th this is a summary of what we've talked about tonight. Verse 24 
Consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. How can you be someone who can help another person grow spiritually, help them overcome a hurt, hang-up, or habit by pointing them to the Word of God and by just being there for them? And verse 25 reinforces this truth. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. Be, be available. That's what the writer's saying. He's, it, it's particularly in the context of a local church, but I think a broader application can be made for us in our relationships. Be somebody who's available for other people. Alan has said it so well in previous lessons. It's very easy, especially on a Sunday night, to stay home, watch TV, relax. You've got a busy work week coming up. But these gatherings are so precious and so important for helping us grow spiritually and help us overcome our sin issues and our struggles in this life that there's value of just simply being there for one another. And then the last point in verse 25, there's that idea of encouragement and not just temporary. It says, but all the more as you see the day drawing near. In other words, until Christ returns, whether that's in an hour, whether that's in a thousand years, for as long as you have life to do so between now and the return of Christ or between now and the time that you pass away, you should be committed to encouraging other people. And I hope that is what we're about here at Celebrate Recovery. And by the grace of God, that would be my prayer that Lifeway Baptist Church is marked by that as well, being a place of encouragement and a place where we can sharpen one another to the glory of God and for our eternal good in Christ Jesus. So with that in mind, um, let me close us in prayer. I'll pray for our small group time, and uh, hopefully we have a good discussion. You'll see at the bottom of your handouts, there's a few questions there for group discussion. Of course, uh, if the Lord leads us in a different direction, we'd be more than happy to talk about anything that comes up during those small group times. But let's pray, and then we'll move forward into our time of group discussion. Father in heaven, thank you so much for Celebrate Recovery, for the impact that you have allowed it to have on so many lives over the years, and for the privilege that it is to have it here at Lifeway Baptist Church. I thank you for every soul who's here tonight and for those who can't be here tonight but have been involved with our program over the past couple of months. Father, I pray you would move in power in this ministry, that it would be a means of drawing us near to you. And Father, that it would also be a means of allowing us to encourage one another, to sharpen one another, to bear one another's burdens, to help each other out through dealing with the hurts, hangups, and habits that come about while residing in a sin-cursed world. As we now transition into our time of small group discussion, I pray, Father, you would grant us by your spirit humility, grant us gentleness, vulnerability, that we would be willing to open up with one another so that we can make progress in dealing with our hurts, hangups, and habits, and our sin in our life, and knowing, Father, that in doing so, you will restore us, you will heal our broken hearts, you will bind up our wounds, you will point us to Christ. I pray that as we have these times of small group discussion, that we would leave this place changed and on fire to serve you wherever you call us. So bless us now as we transition into these times of small group discussion. We give you all glory, honor, and praise for this time together tonight, praying in Christ's name. Amen.